0: You're listening to a live recording from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. Thanks for joining us. Hi everybody, my name is Evan, I'm one of the pastors here and it really is great that you're joining us uh, from wherever you're at. Today I have the privilege of actually wrapping up our series on the miracles of Jesus. We've been walking through the gospels, looking at each of the the miracles uh, that he performed. And uh, on our original list uh, had 37 miracles and one kind of a big deal Kind of miracle was missing. That's the resurrection of Jesus. So we want to talk about that today, as we wrap up this series. Um, I asked our speaking team uh, the implications of the resurrection in their lives. What what would be different if the resurrection of Jesus had never happened? And uh, Steve, Pastor Steve, answered, "I would like to know who's been speaking to me all these years if the resurrection of Jesus never happened." Uh, And the implications of the resurrection cannot be overstated when we talk about our faith as a people of God, as Christians. And so we want to dive into this today. You can go to Luke chapter 24 if you have a Bible. We'll also put it up on the screen. Uh, As we begin, I I want to read a a quote from our friend A.J. Swoboda in his book, Glorious Dark. Um, He writes this about the resurrection. He says, for just one moment, imagine that the resurrection of Jesus actually happened. Imagine that there really was a dead heart that started beating again. Imagine that Jesus walked into death only to turn around and re-enter life. Imagine what that would mean. How would that change things? If the resurrection of Jesus actually happened, then really just about anything is possible, isn't it? You know, I've noticed this about the miracles as we've uh, looked at each one of them, um, that the ones where I can relate personally to the miracle that's happening have a lot more meaning. Uh, for instance, as a dad, uh, when we hear a story in the scriptures of, of a father coming to Jesus desperate because his daughter is sick and dying, um, that resonates with me. I can imagine what it would be like uh, to have one of my children um, in, in that situation where I'm just so desperate. As a dad, it, it resonates. I'm sure uh, for those who, who can't see when when we talk about the, the blind receiving sight or those who can't hear, the deaf uh, being able to hear again It brings such deeper meaning when we can empathize with the miracle. And when we talk about the resurrection of Jesus, we can all empathize because in this life, nobody makes it out alive. And so we all have a reason to look at the resurrection and examine the resurrection and hopefully find our hope and our sense of peace for this world in the promise of the resurrection. So let's look at this today. Luke chapter 24, very early that Sunday morning, the women uh, made their way to the tomb, carrying spices that they had prepared. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, Jesus' mother. Arriving at the tomb, they discovered that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside. So they went in to look, but the tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was gone. They stood there, stunned and perplexed, and suddenly two men in dazzling white robes, shining like lightning, appeared above them. Terrified, the women fell to the ground on their faces. The men in white said to them, Why would you look for the living one in a tomb? He is not here, he has risen. Have you forgotten what was said to you while he was still in Galilee? The Son of Man is destined to be handed over to sinful men, to be nailed to a cross, and on the third day he will rise again. And all at once they remembered his words. Leaving the tomb, they went to break the news to the eleven, this would be the other disciples, and to all the others of what they had seen and heard. And when the disciples heard the testimony of the women, it made no sense. And they were unable to believe what they had heard. But Peter jumped up and ran the entire distance to the tomb to see for himself. And stooping down, he looked inside and discovered it was empty. There was only a linen sheet lying there. And staggered by this, he walked away, wondering what it meant. I think if you've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time, um, Peter's sentiment is probably yours. That when we consider the gospel, when we consider what Jesus did, when we consider the claims of the resurrection, we wonder what it all means. You know, for the first 300 years of Christianity in the early church, uh, we know this, that the symbol of the early church, the icon of the early church, which now, uh, can you think of what it might be? It's the cross, right? Uh, Every church in America, across the world, You'll see the cross up on steeples and on walls. We even built one and put it in the atrium for our sacred spaces. The icon of the church today is the cross. This wasn't always the case. For the first 300 years before Constantine made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire, uh, we know this from early Christian graves, the symbol of the early church. The icon wasn't a representation of the death of Christ on the cross. It was a representation of the empty tomb. You see, for the early church in the Roman empire, uh, revolutionaries, religious figures killed by the Roman empire on a cross was kind of common. There were a dime a dozen people that would, that would come up against you know the, the, the authority of the state and be murdered for on a cross. That was normal. What was not normal, what was wonderful and amazing and miraculous was that that person would come back. And so the resurrection was the focal point of the early churches they would gather in the first few hundred years. And, you know, for these people, uh, everyday life was pretty bleak. <laughs> everyday life was, was, was rough. It was difficult. They were under persecution. They were constantly being, um, you know, uh, run out of their homes and out of their businesses. And, and so when they would gather as churches, by the way, in homes... We didn't have these beautiful buildings for a long time. For the first many, many centuries, people would gather in homes for church and they would gather with the hope of the resurrection at the center of their gathering. Uh, Pastor Bo talked about last week, how how communion um, looked a lot like a meal shared among friends that the bleak, somber, sad part of their week was not when they came to church, It was quite the opposite, that they would come to church to celebrate what happened that Sunday morning when Jesus walked out of the tomb. In fact, it was that thing, that remembrance of what happened on Sunday that gave the the people of God, the early church, courage to face the suffering and persecution in the world around them. Christianity was a resurrection movement. And I'll tell you what, in 2020, I don't know, Any time in my lifetime where we've needed the church to be a resurrection movement more than now. That we would come around and center around and become a people obsessed with remembering what happened on Sunday. Jesus was killed on a Friday. It was horrific and dramatic. Crowds were there watching. His mother and disciples were present. The unthinkable happened. Christ was crucified. And for many, you might might relate to Friday. You might relate to suffering. Maybe you've walked through um, a deep sorrow, deep grief in your life. Uh, Maybe your health is failing. Maybe uh, you've lost a child or someone that you loved has abandoned you. You know what Friday feels like. And I've noticed this, that the Fridays of our lives, those moments of intense trauma, are actually moments when people many times will rally around us. Uh, Fridays are those days when people set up GoFundMes for you uh, because your kid is sick or because some horrible trauma has happened. Fridays are the moment when everyone notices what you're going through. It's when uh, the diagnosis hits, it's when you encounter the failure, it's when you lose the career, People rally around you and in these times, a lot of times, uh, and we do this at funerals and we do this when people are walking through grief, we quote the scripture that God is near to the brokenhearted. And aren't you glad that's true? Aren't you glad that, that Jesus comes close to us in moments of pain and sorrow? Um, after all, there's, there's no one more broken than Jesus on the cross. And that means in those moments, those Fridays, when the pain is, is the most fresh, we know that Jesus is close to us. I remember uh, at 16 years old, um, out here on Highway 20, I, uh, I was driving in my car, uh, i just got my license and I, I failed to navigate a curve, uh, caught the gravel and my car rolled three times. And I remember in those split seconds as the car was rolling, just, just saying this prayer in my mind, Jesus, don't let me die. And I think that the truth is that right when our, our tires leave the pavement, so to speak, and literally, Uh, We feel the closeness of Jesus in the intensity of the moment. But then comes Saturday. After Jesus was killed and and put in a tomb on Friday, uh, Saturday happened. And for an entire day, God himself was lying cold and dead in a grave. Saturday, his friends scattered because he was gone. Everyone was unsure of what was next. And Saturday is the moment when your pain is old news to everybody else. It's when the world moves on and assumes you're going to be okay, but you are still sitting in a place of grief and sorrow and pain and trouble. God is silent. Doubts creep in. There's no end in sight. You know, through uh, this pandemic and the shutdowns, and um, we talk a lot about this phrase of what is the new normal? What's the new normal like? And the truth is, I think for many, um, especially as, as Steve just mentioned that we found out schools won't be opening in person and the pressure that puts on families. We, we come to this place where we realize like the new normal kind of stinks. We can put a, a, a really hopeful spin on it, but the truth is for many, the new normal right now is something that is um, difficult and lonely and isolating. This is what Saturday feels like. This is the day when Jesus lies dead in the tomb. And the Bible is filled with these stories. You know, it's it's in the Old Testament, it's David in a cave uh, hiding from King Saul. It's Elijah hiding in a cave from King Ahab. There's a lot of caves and kings in the Old Testament. It was kind of their thing. It's the Israelites wandering in the desert for decades. It's Jonah and the fish. It's Peter in prison. It's John exiled on the island. Most of the time, it's not filled with hope. It's cold and it's dark and it's seemingly hopeless. You know, Jesus could have skipped over Saturday. And this is, this is interesting. I know prophetically and because of prophecies that happened in the Old Testament and all the, the uh, significance of symbolism and all these things, three days was an important piece of this miracle of the resurrection of Jesus. I get that. But man, for the sake of the disciples, for the sake of, of these women that love Jesus so much, uh, it would have been really cool if he had skipped over Saturday. Friday night, he's dead. They put him in the tomb and just like that saturday morning i'm back baby but actually the miracle goes through an entire day of silence doubt and uncertainty interesting isn't it that he built in a day of hopelessness right in the middle of the miracle and uh you know i don't i don't know exactly all the reasons theologically for the existence of this day of hopelessness in the middle of the miracle. But I know this, that for anyone who has felt hopeless, for anyone who has felt uncertain or like God refuses to show up, Saturday is for you. Saturday tells me that if Jesus lay cold and dead uh, and giving the, the disciples an uncertain future for an entire day in the middle of a miracle, it means that hopelessness is a legitimate part of a miracle of resurrection. And for all those who grieve, all those who feel hopeless, all those who don't know what tomorrow might hold, uh, I find promise and hope in this today that maybe, just maybe, our hopelessness is actually part of the miracle of resurrection. I'm as puzzled as Peter, but I believe this. Jesus' resurrection means the hopelessness of Saturday had an expiration date. Death didn't have the final word, and it still doesn't for us. And it means this, that hell is something that can be walked through. Have you had one of those days? Is today one of those days where you wake up and it feels like all hell is bearing down on you? All hell is breaking loose. All hell is, you know, use whatever cliche phrase you want. But hell is present in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your job. Jesus shows us that hell is something that can be walked through on your worst day. Hell can be walked through. And the resurrection means anything can happen. Maybe you need to whisper that to yourself today, just even in your home church or wherever you're at. The, the resurrection means anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um, right now I'm in seminary and uh, we were talking in a class about the, the resurrection and, and what it means for us. and And we talked about, what if the resurrection wasn't a historical event? What if it was just a metaphorical one? Maybe if it was some kind of allegory told by the disciples, what would that mean for us? And I spoke up and I said, it means I, I really want a refund for seminary. And I want the last 20 years of my life back. And I want a different career. Because listen, if the resurrection didn't actually happen, if Jesus never came back to life, if Jesus is still dead, I'm out. You can take away a lot of stories in the Bible. You can, you can uh, prove the, the things were, were fabricated or made up, and guess what? My faith is still going to be strong. You can't take away the resurrection from me and have me stay in my faith. Everything hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. Everything hinges on the fact that he was dead and now is alive. There is nothing more important in all of scripture, in all of human history for me and my faith than this moment in Luke chapter 24 when Jesus walks out of the tomb. Listen, with the resurrection, we actually offer the world around us hope. Without the resurrection, we can offer relief, we can offer inspiration, we can offer encouragement, but not real hope. But if Jesus is alive, we can offer the world hope. In 2020, we can offer the world hope. So many times I I, I think the, the church can fall into this trap of becoming the agitators of the world around us when the resurrection tells us and shows us that we ought to be the source of hope for a hurting world. We are more technologically advanced than any time in human history. We can do just about anything we set our minds to. I mean, the speed at which uh, the world is is going after a vaccine right now, not to mention, you know, at the same time, sending rocket ships to Mars and, and uh, you know, cars are driving themselves. Now there's nothing we can't do. And yet the human heart is still broken. We still haven't cracked the code on our own of how we can have hope in a life that seems like is constantly weighing down on our shoulders. I'll tell you what, the church has the hope. It's the hope of the resurrection. It's the hope we find in Sunday morning when Jesus walks out of that tomb. And this means it's going to be okay. Because in the trauma of Friday, and the silence of Saturday, we feel the deep rumblings of life again and if Jesus can't be contained in a tomb we as the resurrection people of God cannot be contained either a tomb couldn't do it public opinion can't do it economics can't do it a virus can't do it we are the resurrection people of God the story continues in uh, Luke chapter 24 and um, we'll conclude with this in a moment verse 13 uh, after Jesus appears to the, the women at the tomb It says later that Sunday, two of Jesus' disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of about 17 miles. They were in the midst of a discussion about all the events of the last few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them in their journey. They were unaware it was Jesus walking alongside them for God prevented them from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, You seem to be in a deep discussion about something. And check this out. He says, Why are you talking? What are you talking about? So sad and gloomy. Jesus shows up and begins to walk alongside these two disciples who understandably are are heartbroken and so disappointed. In fact, in, in verse 21, these disciples respond to Jesus, why they're so gloomy. they say, we thought he was the one. We thought we could put our hope in him. We thought that this was it. He was the real deal. But Friday he was killed and, and, and Saturday came and he's still dead and, and here we are. And we've heard these rumors they said that he's alive, but it's just unbelievable. And so we have these disciples walking alongside with the risen Jesus, unable to believe that it's possible that he's alive. You know, I think if if they had really believed the rumors that they had just heard that Jesus had come back to life, they would have been looking for him everywhere. I wonder how often we fail to look for Jesus because we fail to believe in our hearts that he's really alive that it really happened. So let me whisper some news to you today. We've seen him. He's on the move. He's been showing up. If you think that that during this time, um, all that's going on in the world is getting the best of the church and and is kind of, shutting us down and shutting us off. And I, I gotta tell you, Jesus is still at work and we've seen him move. We've seen him in the, in the parking lot and in the atrium and, and all across the, this country and the world as, as the church has mobilized in creative and innovative ways in, in the face of trouble, Jesus is on the move. He showed up, he's walked with us. And don't make the mistake on a Sunday of thinking we're still in a Saturday. Because if Jesus is alive, anything can happen. Maybe he's with us now, wherever you're watching today, maybe he's walking beside you now. Maybe your disappointment will turn to joy. In Psalms 27, we read a a Psalm that David wrote in one of those caves. One of those moments where it felt like there was no bright future for him. In fact, he began, begins the, uh, the Psalm in Psalm 27 with the phrase, the snares of death have trapped me. That's what caves feel like, that's what Saturdays feel like. But towards the end of, of Psalms 27, he makes this declaration, and I think it's one that, that we need to hold fast to today. This needs to be um, our mantra, our motto today. He said, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So wait for the Lord. Be strong, let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I want to invite you um, into the land of the living. I want to invite you into Sunday. I want to invite you into this place where Jesus isn't dead in the tomb any longer, that he is alive and at work and moving and showing up walking with you. Maybe you're a cynic. I am too. Cynics, we love to stay in the tomb, even after it's empty. We love to talk about the tomb and we even like to set up nice little corners of the tomb. We can make this work. Not a lot of light, but we'll make it work. Get a nice little chair. And now we're going to try to pull all the people we can into this tomb so we can talk about how rough and how difficult and how troubling everything is. Meanwhile, Jesus is on the outside saying, come on, come on out into the land of the living, into the place where anything's possible, where miracles still happen and Jesus still walks among us. Come out into the land of the living. This is where his goodness is. And so today, I, you know, I don't have... Um, like a four-step process uh, to improve your life. Um, I, I would like to have some more practical points of, of how you can internalize all this, but, but the truth is today, I just want us to, to be re-energized in the hope of the resurrection today, to remember who we are, To remember that that we gather around the resurrection. We don't gather around a building. We don't gather around uh, worship services with lights and a stage. We gather around the risen Jesus. Be reminded today he's not contained and he's not dead. And so Jesus, uh, we join you in the land of living today. All across Central Oregon, all across the state and the country and even the world, people watching from all over, today we, we join you in the land of the living. We have eyes open. We're looking out for you because we believe that you're alive. In every encounter we have, in every interaction, every Zoom call and, and FaceTime, Jesus, we're on the lookout for you to show up. Because if you're alive, anything can happen. And I, um, I don't want to let this moment pass even from a distance without um, offering the opportunity for you if you've never put your faith and your hope in the resurrection of Jesus. If you've never prayed this prayer that, that you want to follow him and you want him to be in control of your life and you want to give your heart to him, place your hope in him, um, you can do that right now, wherever you're at. If you're in a home church, you can can just whisper, Jesus, I give my life to you. If you're watching alone or on your phone or just just whisper that simple prayer, Jesus, I give my life to you. And I hope in your resurrection. I believe he's close. I believe that as we recognize his closeness, he's gonna give us hope in the land of the living. You know, in a moment, we're gonna um, continue in worship home churches we're going to put up uh some questions for discussion on the screen Uh, you're welcome to pause when it gets to the questions and discuss or or you can continue on in worship with us Um, but we want to allow jesus to really minister to his church today Uh, we want to allow his presence um, to spread out all across uh, uh, wherever we're watching and um really do something that's, that's beyond technology and, um, what we could do on our own. It's the presence of Jesus. And so we want to allow that to happen. So, um, God bless you today. And, um, I hope that you are inspired and filled with hope because of who Jesus is. He's alive and he's with us. God bless you.